What's up, everyone? Welcome to this special episode of Film Code. My name's Nathan Pig. I'm joined by one of our fantastic co-hosts, Brandon. Brandon, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Nathan. How are you doing? It's good to be back on. It's good to be doing a, a little side segment. Um, it it kind of sucks. Uh, my uh, my new work schedule for just a little while has to be wor- me working every weekend now. So I'm basically not able to record with the, the main guys now. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do a couple side episodes in the meantime. So definitely going to be back on. Definitely going to be talking to some, uh, what, sh- can I call it Shonama? Shonama? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Cinema for, for the shows. Nonetheless, you'll be back before you know it, um, and we'll definitely miss you. But we got some great side segments lined up for you, including today, which is about the TV series Gotham. So um, we're big fans of Batman here on the show, most specifically myself and Brandon, huge Batman fans. So this specific segment is talking about the TV series Gotham, our first ever episode of Code. We dove into pretty much all the Batman movies, but most specifically the Ben Affleck and Christian Bale Batman movies. If you want to hear about that, head on over to episode one of Film Code. That's very early on in our time, um, obviously. So check that out if you want to hear more about the Batman movies. But for right now, we're specifically talking about Gotham, which is a action crime series. It is a Batman prequel. That is what they're dubbing it. Kind of a, a rise to fame Uh, For all the Gotham villains, you know, Batman always gets the spotlight in these movies and the villains are so intriguing. I, in my opinion, in the Batman universe more than any other universe is all about the villains. Uh, So just kind of seeing their story and seeing this play out in almost an NCIS um, type of way. So that's basically an overview of Gotham. I'm sure all of you have heard of the show. I'm sure you've at least watched some of the show, if not all of it, if you're clicking on this episode. Um. If you're interested in it and you're listening to us right now, we're going to give you our non-spoiler take on it real quick, and then I'll warn you about spoilers. But before we do that, I talk about film code. Brandon mentioned it. I mentioned it. We are doing this as a side segment of the film code podcast, which is the two of us and two other fantastic hosts where we break down everything, movies and entertainment. Um, There's a lot of podcasts out there for you guys to listen to, but I guarantee We will be your new favorite podcast. You just got to give us that chance. So we have plenty of episodes. I think we have 23 extensive episodes. We have little side segments just like this and plenty more to come. Make sure you give us a follow over on Twitter at Film Code Pod. Brandon, myself, our other host, Phoenix, we run that every day trying to get as much interactions with fans as we can, trying to engage with you, the movie and entertainment fans. So please check us out over on Twitter at Film Code Pod, and let's stop wasting some time and let's start talking about Gotham. So, Brandon, non-spiller kind of general idea thoughts on the entire series of Gotham. Start us off. See, okay, so when I first watched it, I watched it 
when it aired. So I was in high school. I think it was my junior year. I remember um, I was talking about it, just being all excited about it with a friend of mine named Xander. Um, I just remember being all excited about it and just watching the premiere episode. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. The first episode right off the bat. Because you just have, like, you have a new... I, I want to say a new spin because you just have the same setup as like the Wayne murders. So there's that, but I just think overall, just the way they introduced every character, I just think worked and fit for me, especially um, for a character we'll talk about later on uh, fish Mooney. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about her a little bit later. Um, but overall my thoughts, I just, I, as someone who got to watch it, like as the episodes premiered, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, it was something that I got to do with my dad. So it's just something that I just like, I something I'll keep in my heart forever, you know? So that's my non-spoiler review. Sure. Um, I believe a hundred episodes aired of Gotham. I think that was the total. So to watch that extensively in uh, its runtime is very cool. We're in different situations. Um, I watched it all over this past summer the summer of 2020 during quarantine. So it took me a few months to watch it all, but nonetheless, I did in binging like five or six at a time. Um, so my non-spoiler review of Gotham is here's what I've been telling people is if you're a huge Batman fan, if you love these characters, you'd recognize uh, Mr. Freeze as soon as he walks in the room. You'd recognize Poison Ivy as soon as she walks in the room. You're interested in how Riddler be Riddler and such. You'll enjoy this show. If you are semi-interested in the Batman universe, you're looking for a show that keeps you, you know, clicking on the next episode. You're looking for that top tier show. This is not for you. Uh, for Batman fans, this absolutely hits the mark. You'll absolutely love it. For people that are just semi-Batman fans to not Batman fans at all, I just think this is a okay show and there's a variety of different reasons why I say that um, again, non-spoiler review wise, I think the storylines, they take them in so many different directions where they could be better. I think they only do some cliffhangers well, and it's extremely like NCIS um, in that standpoint. And I know a lot of people love NCIS. I'm not trying to, to dog NCIS or anything like that, but each individual episodes of NCIS is basically its own story with several small stories intertwined. For Gotham, I'd say 70 of the 100 episodes are exactly like that, where you could pretty much watch them out of order and you'd have a general idea of what was going on and you'd be entertained. And just those minor storylines, you'd have a little disconnect. But overall, I, ju I just don't like when shows do that. Um, but over, I felt like there wasn't enough continuity between episodes is, is what I'm trying to say. And that's not a spoiler. Um, just know that there's not a lot of continuity going in and just know that if you better love Batman, if you're going to want something out of this show. Um, yeah, I will say one thing though. They do the season finales exceptional. Mm -hmm. The season finales, not just the series finale for all five seasons. It's fantastic. I, I can agree to that, um, especially the season one finale. Uh, I, I, it was between two emotions or oh, three emotions. One, just a shocked face. Two, a smile on my face. And three, just chills in certain scenes, which we'll talk about as we dive into spoilers. So. Yes, we, we will get to uh, the season one 
finale in a little bit here at the end of this episode. But for right now, we're going to break the seal, talk about spoilers. So at this point, if you are not interested in hearing about spoilers for Gotham, maybe you're still watching it and you clicked on it because you were curious. Maybe you were trying to give it a chance. Nonetheless, we're talking spoilers. Go watch Gotham, finish it, come back, let us know what you think about this episode i know there's a ton of gotham content on there out there personally i search for podcasts i search youtube there's not a ton out there so hopefully we can provide gotham fans some great content here but we are breaking the seal we are talking spoilers right now and i feel like with this show the first thing i have to talk about is the characters because more than any show i've seen ever in my entire life this is so character dependent um, which is not a bad thing at all it just means you have to have strongly written characters. So we are starting with the characters of the series Gotham. And I feel like you would be crazy if you didn't start anywhere other than Jim Gordon himself. So Brandon, take yeah. us away with Jim Gordon, who's played by Ben McKenzie. 100%, man. Um, he's actually one of my favorite characters of the show. Um, just have, having a commission. I'm not going to really talk about um, Adam West's Batman much into this, but um between um, the 80s and 90s Batman, Jim Gordon is just there just to be, like, tricked by the bad guys and all that. And then he has a more prominent role in the Nolan films, which is great. And then he's given a full-on, like, focused role, which essentially he is the main character in this show, which I think works because he is having to try and because he he had no plans to become the commissioner. He was just a de- uh, just a detective in Gotham who realized, okay, there's a lot of BS and crooked cops here that need to be taken care of. There's there's too much crime, there's too much turning a blind eye. I need to take care of this. So, him uh, partnered with uh, Bullock. I think that was the best uh, partner pairing, which in my opinion. But um, overall, Jim's character arc between this entire show is just so fantastic even when um when he's framed for that mur- for the uh for that one murder made by um ed ed enigma so yeah. just the, the whole prison arc for him it's just like he's just like all right there's nothing i can do about it I, it's over for me sorry lee but i just think his character is great I think that he was really well written. I think Ben McKenzie was the best choice for Gordon. Um, I haven't seen any of his other filmography, but the second I see I saw him on screen, I'm like, that's Jim Gordon right there. That's Jim Gordon. So definitely one of my favorite characters of the show. Nathan. Ben McKenzie is is much more known as a TV actor right now. He's yet to really break through as a film star. Um, he has very few minor roles in maybe some films you've heard of, like The Report is the first one that comes to mind without looking it up. He has maybe a, a two-minute scene in that with Adam Driver. But regardless, uh, in Gotham, I think they did a great job of establishing his morals and keeping them consistent throughout the show. A character that I feel like is very similar to Jim Gordon with the way he's written on screen uh, during this decade is Captain America with their set of morals, right and wrong, defend the people, unselfish. And that did definitely get frustrating at times as an audience member because it could lead to wrong decisions, specifically in season five. 
But nonetheless, um, I think I didn't like Jim Gordon as much as some other people did. And that's not me saying that oh, I just, that's not me saying I despise Jim Gordon. It's not me saying I disliked Ben McKenzie or his portrayal. Cause I'm not saying that. I think Ben McKenzie did a fantastic job. When I think of Gotham characters, I love, he's not even in the top three. So I think I just liked other characters better. And I wasn't too emotionally moved by him specifically. Obviously there were certain scenes and things like that, but right off the bat, um, he didn't impact me emotionally like he did others, but that's okay. I still loved his portrayal. I love that they focused on him when they decided to go with a Batman prequel show and they didn't have any other ideas. They knew they wanted to do a story about Batman before Batman. They had a lot of different avenues they could have taken. And I liked that they did this one. You mentioned too, at the beginning of your statement there, that um, Commissioner Gordon was really a throwaway character before the Christopher Nolan series. And I couldn't agree more. And outside of this and the Christopher Nolan series, he's pretty much a throwaway in everything. I think that'll mm-hmm. change with the new Matt Reeves mm-hmm. movie. But even J.K. Simmons, a brilliant actor, was cast as J.K.'s, or excuse me, as Jim Gordon, and they didn't do anything with him. So it was nice well, to see to Jim be, Gordon to be fair, Yeah, well, to be fair, he just, uh, I mean, for his role in the um, in the DCEU, it wasn't really a Batman film, so you couldn't really do much with him, you know? If, if you know what I mean? So, it shouldn't um, have even cast like, Exactly. Exactly. Um, they should have just kept them for how even Matt Reeves is Batman, or if they decided to do a Batfleck film, which ultimately got canceled, which which would have been good for a Commissioner Gordon role. Um, have you have you played the Arkham games at all? I have. I've played all three Arkham games. Well, the one the, yeah. the the trilogy that doesn't include Origins, but I have. I love those games. I played those over quarantine as well. So does does that include um? commissioner gordon that much or oh so you have not played that interesting i i've played them here and there i just haven't been able to play a full story um not really i would say jim is a very very minor character so he's not really that involved in the trilogy ah gotcha but um circling back to gotham right i think that ben mckenzie after that diatribe i hope our listeners enjoyed um i think ben mckenzie does a fine job I just think his morals over a hundred episodes is a little suffocating, but at least they kept it consistent. Yep. They kept this, I'd say they kept his character true to who he was. Unlike, uh, unlike Daenerys in uh, in Game of Thrones. Um, But I think they, (laughs) they kept, they kept his character. Like they kept his morals strong. They kept who he needed to be strong and ultimately worked out in the end for him, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I want to move on to his partner, Donald Logue, as Harvey Bullock, who I just smile every time I think about this character. I think he is so much fun, so joyous. And in a show like this where there's not a ton of humor, um, you have Donald Logue come in and just be so energetic, so lighthearted. And he definitely has emotional moments, but mostly as just the goofball. And this show absolutely needed a character like this. And I think he's oh, perfect totally. in this role. What'd you think of Harvey Bullock? Um, Harvey Bullock for me, uh, I, I did not know 
his character existed until Gotham. So him being on screen, just be him just like, oh, I'm like, okay, he's going to be kind of like the asshole of the show. He's just not going to get along with Jim. I was wrong. They, they, they clicked almost like halfway, not even halfway through the first season. They're, I think the partner dynamic between the both of them just worked. Um, his, his character arc benefited from Gordon uh, for sure. I think um, him as a character overall is great, great written. Donald Logue just gave a great performance. And uh, yeah, the, Nathan. No worries. I like Donald Logue quite a bit. I think that he does another great job or that he does a great job portraying Harvey Bullock. And we'll talk about poor casting decisions, but for the two we've talked about so far was Ben McKenzie and Donald Logue. I think we're two fantastic co-stars for the show or a star and a supporter. Um, I wish I would have given Harvey Bullock a little bit more emotional moments, a little more, a little less sidekick moments. I get it. He's the kick. That's what he's supposed to do. But when you have a hundred episodes to play with, you can play around with six or seven episodes for a Harvey centric storyline. And we never truly get that. We get a couple episodes where we hear about his past. Um, I would have really loved to see a, a five, six, seven episode run with Harvey Bullock as the focal point. What about you? I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, th- I think they could have made that work when, if they had this, if they had the time to do the season, um, had Gordon not, uh, had Gordon like stayed in the prison arc, if they were able to fit in six or seven episodes of Harvey having to basically run the GCPD without Gordon, I think that would have worked. You know what I mean? Alrighty. We're moving on to now my personal favorite character, as well as the character that I think did the best job out of everyone, um, which is obviously an opinion, but nonetheless, for that, it is uh, Robin Lord Taylor as the Penguin. My personal favorite I- performance my favorite character from this whole show what'd you think of the penguin well first of all i 100 agree with you i think just the development of oswald cobblepot just completely different from uh the 19 was it 1989 or yes okay 1989 returns batman batman that the change of penguin his story from there to Gotham, completely different. He's not living in a sewer. He's not, he's not, I'm not saying this is bad, but like, he's not like some weird morphed animal. He's just a person who's realizing, okay, if I suck up enough and if I am able to turn these mobs against each other, I can become the king of Gotham. And that's exactly what he does. And like that's what I was mentioning. Another moment where I had chills in the season one finale is when he kills Fish Mooney and becomes the king of Gotham. One of my favorite scenes in that entire of his entire in the entire show. I just think, just even from there to being arrested and being put in Arkham Asylum, and having his character grow a little bit more there to Tabitha and um, I forget I forget. No, not Butch. Uh, the guy who wanted to kill Bruce Wayne. Who? <laughs> You're talking about a lot of people there. Um, Tabitha's brother. Oh, Theo Gallivan? 
Theogav, yes. Tabitha and Theo, um, how they just blackmail everybody, how they straight up killed Penguin's mom right in front of him. I'm like, oh, man. That that scene got to me, man. That scene really got to me because I didn't expect it to happen. I thought they were going to let him go because he basically blackmailed them. And then I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. And then just from his entire character arc, he's visiting his mom's grave. Out comes which I just think is a funny casting choice is um, Pee Wee Herman who played Penguin's dad in the 1990, 1989 Batman, which I thought was just funny and it, it somehow worked. So, and he gives him a family, he gives him a home and just the, the parents, the, the mom, it's just like the Cinderella story. The mom and the step brothers and sisters is just like absolute pricks to him. And they ended up poisoning the father. And he, I think, in a penguin sense, I think penguin feeding the kids to the mom was the most penguin thing penguin could have done, you know? So we got a lot to unpack. Um, I think that definitely this is the best rendition of the penguin we've ever had. I am not a fan at all of Danny DeVito's penguin. I'm not trying to attack Danny DeVito, but I'm just not a fan of Batman Returns in general. I'm not a fan of some of the decisions they decide to make with penguin as the villain i think tim burton gets ridiculously over the top cheese in that movie and with a character like penguin you just can't be cheesy so was not a fan was very happy to see robin lord taylor's performance and they this character so well like he, he was the umbrella boy to start he was just a doormat to start and then to where he eventually ends up even in season two, just how menacing and powerful he is, is fantastic. And they gave him time to build up. It's not like they introduced the whole series with him being a powerful mob life kingpin or anything like that. So I really enjoyed that writing. And um, talking about his dad specifically, that whole storyline felt a little weird to me, felt like they needed to humanize him it which they gave him plenty of humanizing moments, specifically in the later seasons. So it just felt a little out of place for me. And this is exactly what I was saying earlier, was when they stick to the Batman moments, I think it's a great show. Mm-hmm. When they stick to other moments that you could pull from any show, here would be family aspects. I don't think it really works. And I'm not saying they need to stick to Batman moments 24-7. Of course, that'd be irrational and impossible it's just they don't do those moments well when those moments Mm -hmm. come that require non-comic book poll non-superhero genre poll family matters this show this doesn't do it well and i i will say the same thing for um jim and his dad i thought that that whole storyline in season three was a huge waste of time but we're talking about penguin um, it sounds like you were more of a defender of his family that, than I am. Yeah, I, I just like the family aspect of it because it because it's just like I it reminded me of okay, so in Joker, um Arthur Fleck is having to take care of his mom. That's Penguin. He's having to take care of his mom. He because he, he doesn't find really much work anywhere. He he it's just the umbrella boy, umbrella holder, who just ends up realizing that he can start making himself a name for the business in which that's what he did. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse because I said that already. Um, but um, but yeah, I think the family aspect of it worked because 
like you're not exactly supposed to cheer on the villains, but this is what they do. This is what they make you do in the show because you care about these characters. You care about Oswald Cobblepot. You care about what he, how he ends up. You care about his mom because they 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 spend the time to set that up, and like there's just some powerful moments in there. Like, yeah, the dad dying was not too sad because you weren't able to emotionally connect with them but just for a for an arc build for oswald in that moment i think it worked they made it work you know what i mean so i think the family aspect of it worked okay let's move I on a, we... i do have a question for you real quick sure. how did you feel sure. how did you how did you feel about his like for the finale how did you feel about his final look We'll get to the finale. We'll unpack all that to to be answered. Um, there's a ton of characters in Gotham, but we only want to highlight the main main ones. So we're only going to do a few more. But we'd be crazy if we didn't talk about Corey Michael Smith as the Riddler. Um, I'll start with this one. I think this is the best written character in the entire show. Not favorite. Not anything like that. Even though Corey Michael Smith delivers the best performance of the show because he's asked to do the most. And he's the best written. Starting as a detective, or not even a detective, excuse me, a medical examiner, I'm not sure the exact technology, inside of GCPD, and they call him Edward Nigma. As a Batman fan, when you're watching that to start, you go, your head spins. You're like, oh my God, they're really doing this. And I love that. I love that he doesn't truly become the Riddler until the end of season two. They give him 35, 40 episodes, let it build up. And I love that with a character like the Riddler, who is so mentally insane and is so just bonkers crazy. They definitely played that into their hand with giving him 35, 40 episodes to build up. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved this character, loved this performance from Corey Michael Smith. Yeah, man, the, 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 the amount of time they were able to spend on building his character, it paid off in the end because, goddamn, Corey Michael Smith is my personal favorite acting-wise and written-wise character. Um, I just think overall, like, even from the start, I'm like, because only having the knowledge of, okay, he worked at Wayne Enterprise for Ken Riddle. I'm like, wait a second, he worked at GCPD? I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll, I'll go with it. So as the, as the story progressed, okay, I'm like, okay, he's just I'm like he's just the, he's just the joke around the office. He's just the guy who likes to tell riddles, and nobody likes it. Anyways, but his development from being able to do that to actually killing Chris uh, Chris Kringle, Kristen Chris Kristen Kringle, um, after she realized that he killed after Officer Doity because he just like abusing her, which I think worked. Because that definitely helped his character progression to become the Riddler, um, and just as he has as he has his mental breakdown in at the end of season one after she confronts him about it, and I just think acting wise it just worked out. The um, one thing I didn't like though I didn't like the I didn't like the back and forth feuding between him and Penguin. I just think it ended up not working too well especially just like they brought back Kristen Kringle just they brought back her actress but it wasn't her 
mm-hmm. which I I didn't like that too much. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, it fits, but it doesn't. And then they end up killing her off. It's just dumb. I'll agree with but, that. I think that they feud too much, making them have two feuds, two big feuds. So maybe like one in each season, even I think would be fine. But they just did it way too often. They felt like they didn't know where to go with the character. And I could not agree with you more. I think bringing back that character of Kristen Kringle, his first love interest who gets killed, that was so frustrating. And it really screamed they didn't know what to do with the character. They were just reusing what had already worked. Mm -hmm, Um, So I I completely agree. Yeah, man. Um, But I think for the Riddler overall, um, I think the way they pulled off some of the riddles worked. Like when he when he sets up the frame, um, Jim Gordon, like because when you're first watching it, you don't really see that he's framing him. But if you go back and rewatch, like I did, those episodes, I'm like, okay, this is where he grabs the crowbar. This is where he does that. This is where he does this. Okay, now he's actually. I, I'm like now, like I can see the mastermind between behind Edigma. I can see how he does this. It's just a lot of planning. Just a lot of. Like uh, we're going back to the writing, just the writing of his character of how he does things, how he handles himself, just beautiful. It it was another way for him to like for them to introduce the the court of owls, too, which I hope we can bring up a little bit. But um, he was the one who's like, because he wasn't even asked asked this question, but he's like, who runs Wayne Enterprises? That was just the entrance to the court of owls, which worked. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to botch this name, so I apologize. I'd like to talk about um, Cameron Bacondova, regardless. Cameron Bacondova for Selena Kyle? She plays Selena Kyle, and our first female character that we're talking about. What did you think of her? I think it worked. Um, She she definitely gave me um, vibes of the uh, Batman Returns Catwoman. And I think her being there just to witness Bruce, like the start of Batman, I think that also worked because she was there for the for the Wayne murders. Um, I think that helped because she ended up making her that ended up making her a key witness, which she didn't really confess to until later on. But it ended up bringing her in as a series regular, which I enjoyed the, the chemistry. I want to say, I want to say the love chemistry between them worked too well, but the chemistry as a friendship between them worked because she's wanting to stay in the life of crime and Bruce is trying to pull her out of it. And he, he ends up getting associated with her multiple occasions, you know? So, I, um, but yeah, I, I just think her character definitely helped Bruce Wayne become Bruce like Batman um, it's just an aspect of that. Um, I just think overall she was a uh, she's a pretty important role. So I, I really enjoyed it. Nathan. I really like Selena Kyle's character. I think that the actress does a fantastic job playing her as well, which we will get into some people that I was not too keen on. As it sounds like I'm just loving up on everyone, which I'm I won't be here when we talk about it in a little bit. But Nonetheless, I love Selena Kyle in this. They make her so creative with what you can do with the character of Catwoman. I loved her relationship on and off with Bruce, whether they were friends or they were lovers, things like that. 
I really enjoyed her storyline. She was someone that I looked forward to every time she had a scene. She was someone that had my attention. And I just, I really like where they went with her. I feel like this is a character, especially where you could really make her uninteresting, make her do the same things, especially since she's just a cat and she doesn't have the, you know, powers of a Joker, a Riddler, a Bane, or a Mr. Freeze. She's pretty one-dimensional, I guess you could say. And for a character like that, could have gotten stale very easily. But with how they wrote her, they didn't. And I loved her progression over the course of the series. So I was a big fan of hers, for sure. Yeah, man, 100%. Um, Another thing that I really enjoyed um, from her character writing wise i'm glad they didn't just bring her back to life just by having a bunch of cats swimmer and liquor like they like they did yeah, with see, the, that uh, was so that was another huge reason why i do not like batman returns yeah man 100 like like yeah they brought selena kyle back in dark knight rises but her character there is 100 different than gotham or batman returns or even the video games you know mm-hmm so I, I think I want to say the best. Ri- I, I still think the best written Selena Kyle goes to Dark Knight Rises, but Gotham's Selena Kyle is a close second. Well, and you have to think about it. they have 100 episodes to work with compared to mm-hmm. three hours. So definitely have more room to to work with. And that's going to go into my next character who I want to talk about is Sean Pertwee, who portrays Alfred. Um, this is a character who, in the first 10 episodes, I was like, this is not working. Um, I am not a fan of his. I just, I don't like this Alfred that much. Let it be known, I am a huge, huge supporter of Michael Caine Alfred. I will do whatever Michael Caine Alfred asks me to do. You know, <laughs> I am a giant advocate for Michael Caine Alfred. So it's hard for me to compare that to other alfred's but after the first 10 episodes i was wowed by sean pertwee i was wowed by what they were able to do with this character obviously alfred's always a mentor but they took it to the next level in the series and this is a character that i loved yeah man um definitely i I, i'll agree with you after the first 10 episodes i'm like all right he's just a character but further on he really brings out a side of him like because we never got a backstory in the movies did we other than just he's the butler and he's just there to be like the father figure for bruce um and but in this show they gave him an entire backstory about how he served in the military and with just like special ops with this guy who ends up being in the show which i think his character was really well done too um I just think the show worked for Alfred. Alfred made Bruce also help Bruce Wayne in his journey. He had a huge role in helping him have his journey. He taught him how to fight. He taught him how to do things. He taught him how to just investigate things, you know? Um, so especially the scene where Razzle Ghoul just has him kill Alfred and then immediately regrets it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh. I'm like, because I totally forgot the Lazarus pit existed. I'm like, oh, crap. Alfred's dead, dead. And then they brought him back to the Lazarus pit. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm like, all right, this works. It's just more for Bruce's character of how he becomes Batman. He's like leaving Ra's al Ghul like that. So I just think overall, Alfred was a really great written character. 
um, definitely helped Bruce. Couldn't agree more. They found a way to basically hit all the normal Alfred storylines, but expand on them so much more and create different storylines as well. So really liked his character. Um, there is one more we're going to do before we're going to talk extensively on one character. The last person we're going to talk about before we get to the big one is David Mezu. Again, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that. There's a few tough names, but of course he plays Bruce Wayne. And what did you think of David as a young Bruce Wayne? Um, I think him growing as the seasons progressed definitely helped. Um, Cause I didn't really like a season one and two version of Bruce. He just sounded like this whiny child who would just like do stupid stunts just to do stupid stunts, you know? So as the seasons progressed, of course they gave him more character and more things to do as in a Batman aspect. Like even was the season three or season four finale where he like donned a mask and started fighting crime. Season four. Season four. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Cause like, I think it worked because the, the evolution of his character between season one and five, huge, huge difference. Um, I just think certain things that he did, like being able to work in the GCPD and help Jim Gordon a little bit, I think that also helped um, progress him to become the world's greatest detective. So I just think overall, Dave... I think Dave Mazuz on an acting standpoint, I think he did well in the later seasons. Um, writing wise, I think overall worked. I just think in the grand scheme of things to get him to Batman, I just think they made it work. Um, they were able to just expand on a lot of things, just ha- make them happen. You know, I was a big fan of what David was able to do. I really liked, especially as a kid actor, the presence he brought. I, he was very believable. As a child that, that would grow up to eventually be Batman. Uh, I could definitely understand the whiny aspects, but I feel like that just comes with the character. You know, a lot of people said that about Luke Skywalker as well, which look how that turned out. Regardless, <laughs> sure. I love what they did with him in later seasons. I was a big fan of this character. I'm supporting this character, but I'm going to talk about a negative here to start. And this is where the show is at its cheesiness for me is they kind of shoved it down your throat that he was going to be Batman. You know, because Batman is going out and getting involved doesn't mean this 14-year-old kid has to go take on street thugs. That was unrealistic and cheesy to me. Um, Someone definitely would have pulled a gun on him. Someone definitely would have stabbed him. With all the trouble he was going and looking for, it, it, it just felt super cheesy, and I get it. You want Batman doesn't just sit on his couch until he's 30 and then decide to go out and fight crime. Like, I get it. It has to hatch from someone to develop. I get it. But with what they did, it seems super cheesy at points. It definitely worked overall. You got to where you wanted to go, your final destination, but it was bumpy along the way. And those bumps were filled with cheesy moments, specifically for Bruce Wayne. And that's fine. That's fine. It's just one of those things that... You kind of have to with a show like this. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I had a question for you. Um, trying to remember it. Oh, yeah. Okay. How did you feel about the, the confrontation scene between him and his parents' killer? 
I thought that was a wonderful scene. I think they really nailed that. Um, he ha- Bruce has a ton of emotional moments, maybe more so than any other character, and he nailed it. Um, one scene that I thought, well, you talked about earlier about the disagreements between Riddler and Penguin. I think him and Alfred disagreed too much. I get it. You want to be realistic. You fight with your parents or, or a guardian who is not your parents. I can understand that be confrontational. But they fought probably twice a season. Watto was a huge fight. It just, it was overblown. And again, it seemed like they didn't know where to go sometimes with this character. But regardless, I was a fan of David and his performance. I was a fan of where they go overall with Bruce. Like I said, they eventually, that destination, there's just some bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to, yeah. Did you have one last thing to say? I was about to say, um, you reminded me of that one part where he's just like out partying and Alfred just like he left Alfred that part. I didn't like, I just wanted to mention that. I didn't like that too much. Yeah. That whole storyline, they were definitely looking for storylines for Bruce throughout a lot of the later seasons, but the final character that we're going to highlight at least for now uh, is Cameron Monaghan's Joker. And obviously we had to talk about this. We weren't going anywhere um, without talking about this. So Cameron Monaghan Joker, I know because Brandon and I have already discussed this, we're going to disagree on this a little bit, and that's more than fine. So what makes the show unique and what makes us have fun here on Film Code. So Cameron Monaghan's Joker, Brandon, why don't you take so, yeah, okay, there's a lot to unpack with Cameron Monaghan playing, I'd say, Joker and Jerome, um, because they are apparently two different characters. Um, I think Jerome as a character 100,000% worked. Um, Cameron Monaghan gave a, like, a bone-chilling performance just from the first episode he's introduced where he's, like, fake crying about his mom getting killed. And then he just looks up with a smile. You just get chills right there. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a psycho. So, and then you have him as the uh, part of the maniacs and you have him get killed off by Theo Gallivan to further his agenda, which I think um, was a good aspect of it. And then they brought him back to life by his followers and he was just this destroyed thing and he was just still mentally unstable, which I think worked. And then you fully actually killed him off. They like killed, killed him off, but without not without leaving a little gift for the brother, which is laughing gas, and he becomes the Joker. Um, I I definitely changed since from the last time that we talked about this, Nathan. Um, Good. Originally, I liked the Jerome aspect of it, but I'm like looking back, I'm like, man, they could have literally kept Jerome and had him become the joker because my god it could have worked it it could have should have would have worked this show is obsessed obsessed with twins and bringing people back to life they are obsessed with those two things and in the case of the joker they do both of them now right wise warner brothers didn't technically allow them to use Sure, that's why it's never said, but it's obviously hinted at. Everyone that watches this show, Batman fan or not, knows that that Joker. Uh, regardless, 
I loved Cameron Monaghan's performance. Loved, loved, loved it. That alone is going to inspire me to watch Shameless at some point in the next six months. Um, I absolutely loved his performance. I'm going to go back. I said earlier with Corey Michael Smith being the best performance. I think Cameron Monaghan delivers the best performance in this show. I loved it for our future X-Men cast that we did back in June or July. I picked Cameron Monaghan as one of my future X-Men for the MCU. Loved, loved, loved his portrayal. While I loved him, I hated what they did with his character, killing Jerome Valeska and creating Jeremiah. And I say that for a variety of different reasons. Jerome was so well-written, so well-built up, was perfect Joker origin story. The perfect one. I would prefer this Joker origin story to the one in the 2019 film we get. That's how much I loved it. It made sense. It wasn't as suffocating. They, you know, kind of let him hide in the shadows for a couple seasons. It was, it was great. Him being part of that suicide squad with Theo Gallivan was great. But it was all for nothing because someone had none of that backstory. Twin brother, yes, but had none of that backstory is supposed to be the Joker now, and why? Because of some toxic laughing gas? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is easily, I'm saying it right now, right here on Film Code, easily the worst decision that this show has ever made. Is I, this I can agree switch. with that. They had the perfect, what makes Psychos Psychos? Long histories, origin stories, something with their past, you know, something maybe not not going well mentally, not some laughing gas, not that. Exactly. That is ridiculous. It, like, if because if he got hit with the laughing gas, what stopped every other person who got hit with that laughing gas bec- from becoming murderer, murdering psychos who blew up buildings with a, a click of a button, you know? It was ridiculous, and it's just so frustrating that that's what they ended up doing with the character. Yeah, man. So, Jerome Valeska, awesome, awesome, awesome. I will stand on any hill you want me to stand on and fight for Jerome Valeska. Jeremiah Valeska, who's supposed to be the Joker, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I will be on the first hate bus for that (laughs) character. I'm right. I want to say I'm right there with you, but... um... I, I'm almost right there with you. They just, they built him up so well. Without they even really being able did. to use the Joker. Without even being able to call him Joker. They did such I, a great job. And if, they just, I could go, they just dumped I, uh, it all away. Yeah. If I could go back in time, like have a writing license and be like, guys, okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you do what you're about to do, hear me out. None of of course there's some there's some strong Jeremiah supporters out there. If you're listening to this and you're a Jeremiah supporter, please let us know why you love him. You're not wrong. This is our opinions. Opinions can't be wrong. Please tell us. Inform us why you love Jeremiah. I just think they had the perfect thing going and they messed it up. They tried to get too cute with it. Um, so let's talk about a couple characters who you either wanted to see more from, wanted to see less from, we're expecting to show up. Just some characters we haven't talked about that you want to say a quick, quick few remarks on. And I can start, you can start, whatever you are, want to do. 
Are we just going off a list or are we going back and forth? We'll go back and forth. Okay. I guess I'll kick it off and say Hugo Strange. I needed more of him. My God. I think him as a character, him written, him just performance-wise, it worked. It should have more had more. There, the potential was there, but they sidelined him into some joke of a character past season three. It one they one hundred percent could have made him a series regular. You know, absolutely. Um, Hugo Strange is such an important character in the lore of Batman, and they hardly used him. Um, speaking of hardly used. Not my biggest beef of characters, but someone that is underused significantly that is a huge Batman character is Bane. I was not a fan at all of what they did with Bane writing-wise, making, you know, this is an origin show. You want to show how most villains become the villain. I get that. I get that. But sometimes it's just so forced. And with what they do with Bane, I feel like it is. You know, Jim Gordon's ex- army navy whatever ex-military buddy who gets trapped and becomes bane that way and he's in two two episodes and those two are two of the last three that is not including the finale the third and second last episode ever so for a character like bane who means so much for the batman universe they did him dirty maybe it was because he was just in dark knight rises i'm sure that had something to do with it they didn't want to you know, push Bane too much on the people, but they had no problem doing it with Catwoman. So I don't know what it was. I wasn't saying Bane needed to be a huge villain in this series, but I needed more of him. Exactly. I, I'll agree with you there. We needed more Bane. We needed a at least a better story of how he became Bane. I just think, and it worked too well. Um, but uh, another character for me, which I was... I was fine with the screen time he had. I, I feel like we've gotten a little bit more. Uh, Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know who plays him, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff lately. He's in The Boys. He's in some other things. Such it's a John, well-written John character. Doman. John Doman. Okay. He was so in John, Trial of the Chicago 7 recently. Yes, well. he was. Yes. I think John Doman delivered a fan-freaking-tastic performance um, just whenever he was on screen. Especially when he's trying to, when the girl that they had him try to seduce him, he realizes what's up and he was like, okay, I need to put a stop to this. But I just think the way he gives off a performance, the way he gives off the vibes, it's like a Giancarlo Esposito vibe where he looks at you dead in the eyes. I'm like, okay, this man's about to murder me. That's Carmine Falcone. I just think the the writing, the performance for Carmen Falcone worked, and I wish we had more of him. Another character who I would have liked to see less of is the pig. I think yes. the pig got way, way, way too much screen time. He was the main villain in either season three or season four, memory does not recall. I would have liked to see significantly less of him, especially because in the Batman universe, he is a minor character. He's such a minor character. And with all the characters you shafted in this series, Pig was such... You only have so many hours. You only have so many episodes. I talk about how there was 100 episodes to play around with things. But Pig got like 12, 13, or even if it was 8, it was too many. 
He should have had two, maybe three, then a nice little side plot in the season, not a main plot in the season. Yeah, I, I will say when they first introduced this character, I'm like, all right, he's just going to be the main villain of this episode. And then he lived and lived and lived and lived and lived. I'm like, what in the world? Why are you bringing him back? You could end it. You could end it all right here. But they had to bring him back for Sophia, the Sophia Falcone type aspect of it, which I thought was dumb. But I think it's just overall the pig. I think he was a waste of a character. You had him at least one, maybe two episodes, like you said. But they had him on for almost a season. And you just have it. I The only thing I remember of the pig is where the pig mask. And I just remember Jim Gordon saying, Jim Gordon, I just killed the pig. That's all I remember of the pig. A character that I will talk highly of is the Mad Hatter. I think yes. that, that actor did a fantastic job. I think they gave him enough screen time. Though in the fourth and fifth seasons, he had nothing to do pretty much. Um, I really enjoyed it. That character... They did him very well when he was the main villain. But a character who I did like very well, or I did like very much, excuse me, who was not used at all was Scarecrow. I thought that, again, Scarecrow, another very important Batman villain who they just tossed to the side to give lines to Fish Mooney, to give lines to, you know, whomever, the pig. And Mad Hatter I loved, Scarecrow I loved, but Scarecrow was not in hardly enough what about you um my cousin has said the same thing um where she just she didn't she she was like yeah they kind of wasted scarecrow we got i got more she really loved mad hatter um i'll agree with that mad hatter is a fantastic character um well written well performed just certain things the way he gives off his vibes um especially with the writing where he almost makes jim gordon kill himself just with hypnosis, I'm like, oh my god, this guy is like, I, you can see how he becomes a villain in the in the in the further Batman series, you know. Absolutely. So definitely, definitely, he he needed more screen. I, I said he needed more screen time, but he got enough of it, and I just loved him as a character. Absolutely. So this was part one of a two part series of Brandon and myself breaking down the TV show Gotham. It's 100 episodes. It's a very big series. We wanted to focus on the characters and give everyone as much time as possibly could. This is part one. Part two will be coming out shortly where we talk specifically about writing decisions, about episodes, about storylines, because we've hardly dug into those. We just mostly talked about characters. So part one, right now, you're listening to it right now, obviously. Part two, We'll be coming out shortly. Be on the lookout for that, please. Um, and yeah, I just want to take one other moment to talk about Film Code, which is this is a side segment for our main show, Film Code Podcast, which normally airs uh, every Sunday. We have an episode a week. We have talked everything. We've talked about the big movies of 2020. We've talked about other big movies, Get Out, The Social Network, Avengers Endgame, Uncut Gems, several several other ones there is plenty 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 in here you will absolutely love if you are a giant nerd or a closet nerd or even not even a nerd and you just love movies there's something in here you will absolutely love we'll be your new favorite podcast i guarantee it you just gotta check us out if you love this episode go ahead and check us out over there 
If you want to check us out, I really recommend you go ahead and do that. However you're listening to this right now, you can find our other episodes. It's super easy. Hear more of myself, hear more of Brandon and two of our other fantastic hosts over there as well. You can also find us on Twitter at FilmCodePod. Do plenty of stuff over there to get you interacting. And this is just part one, guys. We'll be talking more about Gotham here shortly. Brandon, where can the people find you? You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears on Twitter. That's Fantasmic Ears. I tweet movies. I tweet Star Wars. I tweet Disney stuff. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, it, it was a it was a it was great to hop on with Nathan just top talk an hour about just a tv show we like and we're going to be doing a lot more of these segments we got episodes of the boys we got the mandalorian coming so we're definitely going to be doing a lot of side segments so please be on the lookout for those um yeah thank you guys for listening nathan yeah just want to thank you guys again for listening my name is nathan pig you can find me on letterbox at nathan pig you can go check out my movie reviews um, and yeah, like I said, part one of Gotham series, be on the lookout for two. Check out our other episodes of Film Code. And just want to thank you guys so much for listening.